and she said that she wanted to invite Coop to come out and throw the first pitch and that this was actually at the request of Fox and Friends, that Fox and Friends in New York City, the national show, saw Cooper's story and they wanted to have him on the show. So they asked the Mets if they would accommodate and have him come out to New York and throw a first pitch. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be a recap of the amazing experience we just had in New York City. It was memorable. Today's podcast as well is just going to be me. I'm actually in Boston right now for a couple of meetings and Andrea is home and enjoying the time with the kids and this beautiful fall weather that we have. So I'll miss her, but gonna go ahead and give this recap myself. So how all of this came about with the New York Mets, this would be our fourth first pitch opportunity. And with each first pitch opportunity, we are learning a lot. And so how all of this came about was ironically enough, the Mets called us. And so it was kind of funny. We um, somehow they got Andrea's phone number and they had left a voicemail and Andrea didn't know that there was a voicemail there. And so like three, four, five days went by before Andrea saw this and she hurried and texted me and said, hey, you might want to check this. And I thought, oh my goodness, I hope we didn't blow our opportunity. But I reached out to our connection there at the Mets and she was awesome. And she said that she wanted to invite Coop to come out and throw the first pitch and that this was actually at the request of Fox and Friends, that Fox and Friends in New York City, the national show, saw Cooper's story and they wanted to have him on the show. So they asked the Mets if they would accommodate and have him come out to New York and throw a first pitch. So we were super excited about this one and much anticipation coming up to this. It was kind of fun. I um, On this trip, I took uh, obviously Coop. We had Ridge, my 13-year-old son, and Mason, my nine-year-old son. These are my two biggest babies baseball fans and also my biggest Braves fans. And for anybody that follows the the base major league baseball, they know that there's a major and a big rivalry between the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. And so this was cool to have a couple of really big Braves fans heading out to New York to see kind of how they'd react. And we all agreed prior to going on the trip that on this weekend, we were going to be the biggest Mets fans that there were out there. And we sure were. So it worked out really well. Um, we flew out on Friday night late. We didn't get to the hotel until maybe 1, one thirty, and we were ready to go early, bright and early the next morning. We went over to the field early, and one of the reasons why we did that is I had the opportunity to meet with a dear friend of mine that uh, I have not seen for almost 20 years. And so I had the opportunity to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when I was young. And so after I graduated from high school and where I served was in Peru, I served there for two years. And while you're serving a mission, you are assigned a companion. And so there's always somebody there with you. There's your teammate, your boat crew member, your, your, uh, your swim buddy, or as we call them, companions on the mission field. And so I had, I think I had 12 companions over a two-year period of time. So you're averaging a couple of months with each companion. And all of my companions were actually from Peru. And so I don't get to see them very often. But lo and behold, one of my companions from Peru 
is living in New York City now. And I had the opportunity to reach out to him and, and spend some time with him. His name is Mirko and it was just a super tender experience. And so that's a big reason why we went to the stadium so early was so that he and I could just hang out and be able to spend a little bit of time with with one another and he's doing great. I, I will say a little bit of a side note on this. I always have such a profound respect for um, and just just a heart for those individuals who immigrate to the United States and in particular those that immigrate from a country like Peru where they don't come speaking uh, English, where it's just it's very different here and it's difficult for those individuals to, to have success and to progress. And so my heart just goes out to those courageous souls that embark on that journey and Honestly, it, it made me reflect a lot on on our own kids that we're going to be adopting soon and just making sure that we give every bit of attention that we can to make sure that they feel loved and that they feel comfortable and that they get all of the resources that they need to be able to be as successful as possible because it's it's not a it's not not an easy road to hoe as as we say in Idaho. So um, we're there at the game. The Mets were fantastic, by the way. They had Cooper custom jersey made that he has his own Mets jersey. And on the back of it, it says Coop. And we had his number be 21 for the symbolic nature of Down syndrome. And they let us go into the stadium three hours before the game started and we um so we meet at the at the gate our our dear friend katie met us there and walked us straight into the stadium right down onto the field and we went right down on the field right behind the batting cage where they were playing the cardinal or the the reds cincinnati reds where they were taking batting practice and so there we are just hanging out with all the players and watching them hit batting practice and just hanging out with one another. And it was super, super cool. We, we literally stayed there for over two hours. It was about two and a half hours before uh, we left. And we watched all of the Reds take batting practice, all the Mets take batting practice. And it was awesome. Super cool experience there. Coop was able to get uh, Francisco Lindor's autograph on a on a uh, the baseball, actually the baseball that he threw out the first pitch on, and also we had a young man that uh, we actually had helped get into the game. Uh, that's another fun story as well. That was just gleaning that he had a Francisco Lindor baseball card he gave to Coop that he was able to get signed. So super special moment there. We also had some dear friends from New York, the Blanco family, um, Paul and Mindy and their daughter, Sydney, were able to come and spend some time with us. And they've just been a wonderful support of Team Coop. And I've known Paul for a number of years now. We've worked together at Mass Mutual. And so it was fun to spend some time with them as well. I will share though, the you know these trips they are so awesome and they are so fun but they are also a ton of work and i i look at these trips truly as a stewardship this is not a vacation um, in my mind this is a stewardship this is a responsibility we are there for a purpose we are there for a cause we're there for a reason and that reason is to be able to create as much awareness and be able to create as much exposure as possible to the fact that there are children with Down syndrome right now in this world that were just like Coop, that were stuck in an orphanage, 
that have been abandoned, they don't have a family, and they're innocent, just like Coop with that special extra chromosome. And the whole purpose of why we are doing this is to be able to help those kids get adopted. And so the whole time that we're at the stadium and, and, and going through these experiences, I'm always looking for ways to be able to promote and be able to share the story with whoever it is that we're going to be able to share it with. And it's interesting because I've made some wonderful connections in doing so because people are obviously super curious about Cooper. You know, he's there in his full Mets attire. He's got his Rod's Heroes cape on. And, you know, the Mets are showing attention to him. And and so people obviously are going to ask, like, tell us about him. What's the story here? And so I do a quick little commercial or my 30-second elevator pitch on what Coop's story is and how he was abandoned and what his mission is. And then I always have a baseball card that Coop has signed that I have him give them that shares his story and that they can go to his website and be able to learn more. And we've had some great connections that have come from this wonderful marriage that we've seen just with some of the exposure that has transpired. So after batting practice, we uh, had a chance. We had about, I think it was 12 minutes before we needed to be back down to the field for the first pitch. And I thought, I've got to get some fuel in this boy because <laughs> it's been a few hours. So we hurried and grabbed some pizza. Coop scarfed it down and he's just enjoying it. You know, he's again, he never gets nervous and he's just there happy as a clam and just along for the ride. So I got him fueled up and we went back down to um, down for the first pitch. You know, it's it's uh, people are starting to show up. There's a really good energy that is there. Um, there is, you know, the, the, in fact, the jumbotron at, at the city field is the biggest I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it is giant and they've got some pics of coop and stuff that are, that are happening up there. And the moment for the big or for the big pitch arrives. This was very special for me because earlier that day I had a way big surprise and the Mets reached out and they said, Hey, we, uh, would like to see if you would catch Cooper at for his first pitch and so if you would be the catcher as his dad and I thought this is awesome I've never had that opportunity yet and this will be my first pitch that I've ever caught in a big league stadium and how special is that that it gets to be my son and so as we were we you know they're counting down they're like okay 20 seconds and you're going out and we're right there on the side of this uh, the infield getting ready to go out. And I think, oh, my heck, I have not had time to get any Mets gear. Like I planned on, hey, we'll be there three hours early. I'll go grab me a Mets hat because I want to have a little bit of Mets gear for the first pitch. <laughs> I didn't have any. I was only wearing Rod's Heroes gear. And so quick thinking, I had about 15 seconds. There was a guy standing right next to me that was um, part of the festivities, if you may. And I just hurried and said, can I borrow your hat? And I handed him my hat and I grabbed his hat. Luckily it fit perfectly. He had a Mets hat on and right then they're like, okay, go. And so we, we ran out there and Coop did what he does best, went out to the mound. People just loved him. They had pictures and videos and things telling about him. And then we went up to his spot and I went and walked behind the catch or the home plate on city field and and uh, got in the catcher's stance i gave coop the sign 
And he looked in, got the sign, took a deep breath, and threw another great pitch. I'm always so nervous that he's going to throw a wild pitch one of these times, but he's just nails. He threw a perfect pitch, and I got to run out and hand him back the ball, and we jumped up and down and celebrated, and, and they took a bunch more pictures, and, and that, was, that was the first pitch. So we just got done with the first pitch, and when you come off the field and you go into the stands, the fans love it. They all want to shake Coop's hand or give him a high five, and Coop just loves it because he hams it up with everybody and has to give everybody a hug and high fives everybody. And I found that that's a wonderful opportunity for him as well to have a stack of his baseball cards to be able to hand out to those that um, have inquired, that have, have are curious as to what Coop's doing or just fans and excited to see what Coop was able to just do. So we got back to our seats and and – Every time now, four straight times now, I, I sit down and there's just a there's just a sense of, of relief first. You know, it went well and 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 the, everything worked out. And then there's just an overwhelming sense of gratitude just because, you know, it. how do you put it into words? Just everything that is transpiring with Coop and looking back, I always in those moments just reflect back to just when I met him in the orphanage and uh, just seeing him walk into that that little room where it was our greeting room and you know first time ever to to lay eyes on him he's got a big old smile and he was four at the time and and just those big chubby cheeks and he immediately comes right up to Andrea and gives her a big hug and sits on her lap and starts talking to her in Chinese and I just always reflect back to that and how thankful I am that that we got to adopt Coop and uh, that we've got to experience and see the miracle of adoption in our family because it just scares me. It breaks my heart to consider what it might be if Coop wasn't adopted. And, you know, right now adoptions in China are shut down. There's, uh, it's been shut down for a number of years. And, you know, Coop was not too far off from if, if we didn't get the chance to adopt him to be stuck in an orphanage right now and just not definitely not singing the song he was meant to sing. And so it's truly a tender mercy. And for whatever reason, after after that first pitch and when we get back to our seats and we can kind of sit down and the game's starting and you just take that deep breath, it just is a overwhelming sense of gratitude for this journey that we are experiencing with, with this little guy. Game went great. We The boys loved it. Um, it was so fun to be able to spend some time there with Mirko. He got to go in with us and, and just chat with him. It got me super excited to have those kids from Columbia coming into our family and getting to speak Spanish a lot more. And it was a special time. So we made it back to the hotel. We got a good night's rest uh, because we had a big day the next day. Um, Sunday morning, uh, we woke up early because we had a car that was coming for us to go downtown to downtown New York City to the Fox studio that is there. And this is, you know, the first pitch is, you know, step one, an, an important part. But the biggest part of this of these campaigns is always the the media opportunities in in telling the story. And this was our first national TV opportunity to talk about the first pitch campaign. 
And so it was a big deal. Um, it was a big deal to get it right because, you know, you don't get a lot of these opportunities. It was also going to be on live TV, which is a whole different animal <laughs> for us. And so as we drove, it was going to be about a half hour, maybe 40 minutes to get down to the studio, it looked like. And it was fairly early, you know, two hour time difference from Utah. Kids are tired. We were up way late. Um, we got up early and I thought, I've got to think through like strategically how to make sure Coop's in the best spirits possible as we get to the to the studio. And I thought, okay, we'll start out kind of slow and just let him like hang out. And then as we're getting closer to the studio, I'm going to start playing Coop's favorite game, which is Name That Tune. And we do it with Disney songs. And so like they love that, love, love, love that. And so we're about 15, 20 minutes out, maybe 25 minutes out. And I'm like, all right, guys, let's play, you know, Disney trivia. And so I start playing songs. And sure enough, all the boys, including Ridge and Mason, are totally into it. And it's like a dance party in the back of the in the back of the, the car. And just I'm thinking, OK, this is good. And he had a good breakfast. And so this is going to be perfect. We'll get there and we will be on cloud nine. And sure enough, we hit a little bit of traffic and the excitement after 15, 20 minutes of name that tune started to phase away. And before I knew it, uh, we're five minutes away from the studio and Coop is sound asleep, like like dead to the world asleep snoring in the car. I thought we're just going to lean with lean into it and go with it. And so we get to the studio, we we wake Coop up, the boys are helping me, you know, getting him fired up and he's got got to tuck his shirt in and everything else. We go into the studio and they are so kind, they're way nice. Kate was the individual that met us there. We met her and she was so excited to see us and we'd meet Coop and she took us into the green room and we're sitting there and we've got about oh 25 minutes or so before we were going to be on live TV. They, you know, they had our story and, and there was no debriefing or like, okay, this is what we're going to ask you, or this is what we're going to say. It was just kind of like, here we go. The only thing I did know is they wanted to have Coop throw out a first pitch. They actually wanted him to pitch to one of the, the newscasters, one of the hosts for Fox and Friends. And I thought, absolutely, we'll do that. So we had the gloves and everything there. And we're just sitting there in the green room. And in walks a man that I look at and I'm like, he looks really familiar. And I'm like, I know this person. And Kate walked in and at the same time and introduced us to Piers Morgan, who was there, was going to be on Fox and Friends right before the the Cooper's part of Fox and Friends. And we're just kind of hanging out there, getting ready to go on live TV. And it was just me and Piers and Coop and uh and that or ridge and and mace just hanging out we he he took a moment he's very kind and a very great gentleman and he uh he said he asked me so what are you guys doing here what do you tell me your story so i shared uh just 30 seconds about coop and about his story and you could tell immediately that it touched peers and he asked a few more questions and we chatted a bit more um, and he asked to take a picture with Coop. And so we took a picture with Coop and, and, uh, and that was kind of the, that was kind of where we were at. He went up and did, got, went and did his, his side of the, the show and, um, we got ready and we went out. <clears throat> his was inside, um, our part where they were going to do ours was outside actually in the outside studio right there on, 
uh, what is it, 12th Avenue or whatever in New York. Um, we go out there and they mic, they mic me up, they mic Coop up. And this was a first as well. They put a little earbud in my ear so they could talk to me <laughs> or that we could communicate while this was going on. So that was kind of a new thing for me. And about this time, we were maybe just a few minutes, like two or three minutes away from going on live TV. People start to gather, as you kind of see, because they can see that that uh, they're going to go on live TV and they want to see what's going on. And the three hosts walk out and they come up and they shake our hand. They introduce us. And about this time, they're like, okay, in 2019, and they just start counting down and me and Cooper there. And we're like, here we go. So they get to one and just like that, we're on live national TV and they're telling Cooper's story and, and then they ask a few questions, they ask a few questions of Coop, they ask a few questions of me. It's go, it seems like it's going really well. It feels very comfortable. I, I knew Coop wasn't nervous. I actually felt super comf- comfortable. I didn't get nervous. And they got to the part where they said, all right, so this kid, I hear he can pitch. How about let's see how he pitches at the Fox Studio <laughs> or uh, Fox Studios here in downtown New York. Let's He's pitched at Cityfield, Fenway, at uh, Truist Park, and and as well as um, Wrigley Field. Let's see how he pitches at, at uh, Fox Studios on live TV. And so the host went and grabbed, he, we had a mitt for him. He went and he, he got in the catcher's position and Coop just did his thing. And what was super funny about this pitch is never, ever, ever has Coop like wound up to where, you know, how you'll see a pitcher um, have their, their mitt and they like take it over their head as they're stepping back. So, you know, it's kind of an old school approach where they take it over their head and then step and then pitch. And for whatever reason, that's exactly the style that Coop decided that he was going to pitch. And I can almost guarantee he probably watched a pitcher from the night before, unbeknownst to us, have him have have that be his stance that he brings the mitt over their head as they're stepping and pitching. And so he's like, you know what, I'm going to incorporate that just unbeknownst to us. And that's exactly what he did. He threw a perfect strike. We all just loved it. The crowd cheered. And, and that was that. As we were wrapping up, I got to give uh, I got to give a baseball card to these individuals and uh, just tell them thanks. And it went really well. So as a result of, of this, uh, immediately within the next hour, we had a great number of donations that came in. In fact, it was our largest uh, single number of, of sheer quantity of donations that have come in for Rod's Heroes. And obviously all of those funds are going to be utilized to be able to help get these kids with Down syndrome a loving home. Before we went on live TV, I was as I was walking outside um, with Kate, I just had this thought come to my mind that I need to ask if Piers would would uh, sign Cooper's cape, if he would sign his cape. I had that; it was like very distinct in my mind. Ask him or ask Kate if we can get him to uh, sign Coop's cape. So I asked and she said, I don't know. I know he's, when he was done, he was going to head straight to the airport because he's heading back to Europe. But uh, I can ask. And so she got on the little radio thing and asked. And sure enough, after the story, lo and behold, there he is out there waiting for us. 
and it was just him and we walked up and and um, he signed Coop's cape and we visited for just a, another minute and he said you know what I'm going to I'm going to post about this I'm going to share about Cooper's story and I gave him a baseball card and and he was very appreciative of that and was just very genuine in in his approach um, with Cooper you could tell he 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 liked Coop. There was definitely a connection there. Um, we said our goodbyes. We said goodbyes to Fox and friends. We went back to the hotel and, and headed straight to the airport. When we were the, waiting there in the airport, I checked social media uh, just to see how things were going. And sure enough, true to his word, he did a very, very heartfelt post to his 2.1 million Instagram followers. And then he did a, the exact same heartfelt post to his 8.5 million Twitter followers about Cooper Murray and the mission that he has to help orphan children with Down syndrome get a loving home. And uh, these are just the... That's just an example of the of just those tender mercies that happen and these surprises around these corners that we just don't know about. And um, I definitely feel that um, there's divine intervention and a and a very loving God that is helping and guiding and putting connections in our path that will allow for more children to be able to get adopted. Um, and I'm extremely thankful for our dear friend from, uh, from Europe that has now um, helped us to be able to move that cause forward. And it was just a big eye-opener for me as well. Um, and a reminder as we were flying back that the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit on what Coop can do in the name of helping kids like him. And as long as we just keep our, our hearts pure and our intents pure, as long as we continue to work super, super hard and lean into it and seek inspiration and follow that inspiration, it's going to work out exactly how it is supposed to work out. Yesterday, uh, so this is just, what, a day after, two days after uh, getting back from New York, um, I got a great, great news or we received great news that the very first family the very first family has committed to adopting one of the 23 children from Armenia that we just got back from going over and advocating for and um, it's those moments that keep you going uh, the family's here in Utah and um, I can't wait to meet them I cannot wait to meet them and talk to them about they're just process in making that decision, but there it is. You know, that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. And, uh, Coop, uh, you know, this work that he's doing and, and, and the work that the Rods Heroes team is doing, it's working. And the proof is that a family just committed and that that's one down and, and 22 to go because there's 23 little guys, little guys and gals in Armenia that have Down syndrome that need a family. And we're going to continue to advocate for them. One down and 22 to go. So that was our news. And we're uh, very thankful for how it all turned out. So thankful for the work to be able to continue to advocate for these kids. We don't have any more first pitch campaigns for the rest of the uh, the rest of this season. The baseball season wraps up over the next couple of weeks. We are gearing up heavily to be able to try and get, I would say, eight to ten 
um, scheduled by the end of the year for next year for the 2024 season. Our goal is to try and have this wrapped up within two, possibly three seasons. This will be a 2024, 2025, and maybe 2026 initiative. As you know, there's a lot of logistics and we want to make sure that we're being great stewards and totally maximizing these opportunities to be able to advocate for these kids through the first pitch campaign. But that's our New York Mets wrap up. And uh, it was awesome to be able to share some of those special tender mercies that transpired and can't wait until next time. Have a great day. 